What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Oh, yeah, it's that big day. We love it. I'm hungry already. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, Adam, Jamie, and Heath. Jamie, give me 10 things you're thankful or you're thankful for. 10 things. 10 I'm things. Thankful for the three of you and Ben, so that's four. Four. Thankful for my family, that's five. Thankful for my job, that's six. I'm thankful for the NFL playing, that's seven. Thankful for uh the election being over, however you voted, it's like, thankfully it's done. That's nice. We'll talk about that anymore. At least that's the hope. I'm thankful for um, good friends, good family. I don't know. Okay, that's, that's ten. That's good. ten. Excellent. Keith, give me twenty. Yeah, I can't leave about Dave. Thanks for that. Well, oh, you said the three of you, and then you said Ben. I thought you just already meant Dave. So uh, it seems like you cheated earlier with your counting. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, Heath. Happy Thanksgiving, Adam. I'm thankful that I get to do a show so regularly with the best podcast host in the world. Will Brinson, your uh, your pick six cameo. I don't I don't I don't think Will Brinson has any podcast hosting awards. <laughs> Somehow some way I managed to scoop up one of those. I'm thankful for the listeners. Well deserved. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm thankful for every, for yes, for the listeners, for the people I work with um, and for football and for the food that we have already cooked last night and will continue to cook today, and I cannot wait. We are basically creating a Thanksgiving feast for like 10 people, and there will be three of us eating today. So it's going to be a week of Thanksgiving food. Thankful for leftovers. Wait a minute. You're not feeding one of your children? Uh, yeah, well, she, you know, the baby doesn't eat <laughs> food. So will be three of us eating today. We're a family of four. Well, yeah, no, it's the truth. It's the truth. She's six months old. She doesn't eat food. Yeah, we just got her first jar this week, actually. So I guess I think we got some sweet potatoes there. Thanksgiving themed baby food. All right, let's uh, let's talk about players. We'll thank we're thankful for this week. Jamie, who do we love? Uh, Tom Brady. Let's go, old man. Uh, start of the week this week. I think it's going to be a good bounce back game for him. As uh, hopefully it's a shootout between the Chiefs and the Bucks. Um, you've seen the last two quarterbacks take on this Chiefs defense have twenty seven or more fantasy points. Brady during the day, he's a much different guy as opposed to Brady at night. So I think it's going to be a fun game, and I think Tom Brady bounces back as a top eight quarterback this week. <laughs> okay, Heath, I didn't understand you had a funny line about Tom Brady going to bed at nine thirty. Um, I 
I don't know that I can repeat it, but I just, that I am also about Tom Brady's age and I also go yeah. to bed at nine 30. <laughs> and so I understand. Who do you love this week, Heath? I'll go with another quarterback, Derek Carr in the uh, dream matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. They made Taysom Hill look really good last week. They're going to make Derek Carr look awesome. Okay. Would you start Derek Carr or Taysom Hill? Uh, Derek Carr. Would you guys start Derek Carr or Tom Brady? I I have them back-to-back. Um, and I told a Raiders fan this morning, I didn't realize when I answered the question on Twitter that it was a Raiders fan until I looked up and saw the avatar that asked me that exact question. But I made the switch after I had Brady as the start of the week. Originally, I had Carr ranked one spot higher. But um, my only fear with, with Carr is the Falcons' offense doesn't show up if Julio Jones is there, and this is the J- Josh Jacobs show. Yeah, uh, Julio did practice. He was limited in practice, so that is a good sign. We'll give you all the injury updates. Kenny Galladay is not going to play today, and we have our fingers crossed for DeAndre Swift for that early game. Hopefully he can get cleared and play. Who are we avoiding this week, Jamie? Um, who are we avoiding? Uh, I'll save it for the rankings to debate, I guess. Um Melvin Gordon, I know it was great last week, but I don't think it's going to be a good game for him this week. That Saints run defense is legit. And, you know, he had been struggling prior to facing the Dolphins. So I think it's going to be a tough game for Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. The fact that he didn't catch a ball last week was amazing and still, you know, was able to help your fantasy team. But he has not played well prior to facing the Dolphins in week 11. Mm-hmm. And the Saints are number one against running backs now. And Heath, how about you? Avoid list? Uh, the Rams running backs. All of them, just because we don't like, I don't think we got any clarity at all last week. Obviously, the, two weeks ago, Cam Akers at least led the team in touches or carries. Um, last week, Daryl Henderson did and was awful against the best run defense in football. And so, we really just don't know anything about these Rams running backs. And I don't want to start any of them. All right. Don't you feel like one's going to score? <laughs> it's just oh, it's, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I could, if I could just start all three and. Whichever one gets the points is the one that goes in my lineup. I'd be for that. Team RB. We should Team think about RB. that. Team RB. Wouldn't that make fantasy football a little we, easier? We've talked about that in the past, about having leagues do that. But, I mean, what fun is that? I It would have to be like a 20-team league or something like that, you know, or one of those crazy, I'm in a 30-team league. But, yeah, that, that sucks. And, actually, that would be bad in a league like that because then you're limiting the amount of running backs you can have. So, never mind. Scratch that. I am going to be avoiding... Uh, well, I'd like to avoid Turkey, but I don't have a choice. That's all we're making this year. You're an idiot. I'm going <laughs> to be avoiding Jamie. I would probably yeah. avoid any salad. Um, I don't want to fill up on rolls, but I have, I got those Hawaiian dinner rolls, so that's going to be a challenge. Those are the best rolls to get. They're amazing. They're amazing. Uh, here's your stat of the week. I want to talk about replacement running backs, okay? Because there are a lot of them. Your stat of the week is... It's kind of weird. It not be as many as they were before, though. What do you mean? Well, we're getting some reinforcements back, potentially. We, we are, but we're losing potentially Geo. Uh, but there's but still... he was a replacement. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, he was, you're right. So, Samaje Ryan. I was just looking up, trying to read about the Saints' run defense, because it is looking like maybe the best in football right now. Uh, the last time they allowed a Whoa. one... What's that? The best besides Tampa Bay. I, no, the Saints are better. I think Tampa Bay without Vita Vea versus the Saints, you know, it's very close. With Vita Vea, it was this it was definitely the Bucks. Since then, it's maybe this it's they're close. 
Um, but the last time a running back had 100 rushing yards against the Saints, it has been three years. And it was, of course, Samaj Pirine for Washington. 49 regular season games ago. Thank you to Canal Street Chronicles for that note. So it's 49 straight regular season games without allowing a 100-yard rusher. That's amazing. But Pirine is really who I wanted to talk about. So let's talk hey. about... Yeah, what was that? Sorry. No, I was just going to start talking about P. Ryan. Okay, okay yeah, let's, let's talk about P. Ryan against the Giants who, okay, you heard me talk about their defense, whatever. They do give up the eighth most fantasy points to running backs, a lot of it in the passing game. Giovanni Bernard has a concussion. But in general, I mean, a few weeks ago it was a terrible week for replacement running backs. Last week it was much better. But you've got Gus, you've got P. Ryan, you've got Mike Davis still with McCaffrey unlikely to play. Don't know what's going on with the Dolphins. You've got Frank Gore. 49ers, we don't know. Uh, Chargers, we don't know. Todd Gurley mispractice. Then you have Gallman, of course. You've got Duke Johnson. You've got uh, the Detroit situation. So, Heath, in general, when you did your running back rankings, was it a lot of, like, you know, just start the guys you drafted? This is not a great week for replacement running backs, generally speaking? Well, I think you would have to be very fortunate to be starting the guys that you drafted. Because like half of True. the starting running backs are hurt. <laughs> so right, right. yes, if the guy you drafted is still healthy and starting, then you should probably just start the guys you drafted. But no, there are still a lot of backup running backs in my top 24 this week. I we don't we're not ranking P. Ryan as if he's starting yet, or at least I'm not aware of if we are. It's it's always funny because like we're so plugged in, but there are still times, and I know this has happened to you guys this year, where you don't hear the news before you see the flood of emails in your inbox. <laughs> and yesterday afternoon, I got the Samaj P. Ryan emails <laughs> with like six different people adding. I'm like, what in the world is going on? He falls into that category where he's like the backup to the backup. And now on a Bengals offense that's starting Brandon Allen at quarterback. Like this is the type of backup running back I think you can really get in trouble with. I would prefer, like if they... If we find out Geo's ruled out, I don't imagine P. Ryan's going to be in my top 25 running backs. He'll be more in that Melvin Gordon range where I'd prefer to avoid him. But, I mean, if you listen, it's nice to find that on the waiver wire if you're in a desperation situation as well. Yeah, I mean, I have that in, in one league that we're in together. It's our Fantasy Football Today League where my second running back has been a joke all season long. Um, and I've been starting the last couple of weeks jk dobbins or lamichael p ryan well that's out the window right. <laughs> so um i have a choice to make within the next couple of hours uh i did pick up Samaj p ryan it will be adrian peterson if deandre swift is out that's how bad it is or i'll wait it out to see what happens with p ryan or boston scott or jamal williams like that's the that's my number two running back situation um i'm sorry i don't have jamal Williams. it'll be boston scott or uh um i forget who. i think i picked up justice hill like that's how bad it is um so uh, I'm hopeful it's Samaj you know, for, for, for that type of scenario. So Heath is right. It's got to be a desperation situation to want to play him. Um, I have him in another league where I have uh, the entire Bengals offense um, of non-Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins players. And it's not fun either. So I have Gio and Samaj P. Ryan. It's a 2014 league, so it's a little different. But um, I have Gio, who I've been playing. And so I picked up Samaj P. Ryan, who I'll have to play if Gio's out. Like those are Samaj P. Ryan. I think we need some breaking news from CBS Sports, Jason Lockenfora. What do we got? The Ravens have multiple new positive test Ugh. results today. NFL continues to closely monitor the situation to determine if the game is still played Sunday. No changes to status yet. 
So also, then it's not clear. There's some other reports on this as well. If it's players or staff, so right. could could if it's staff, they'll still play the game Sunday. If it's players, they have to reevaluate it. Yeah, right now they don't really have a starting center. Their two centers are on the reserve COVID list, and the game has been bumped to Sunday, as I'm sure you all know. Sunday at 1:15 on NBC. The, it's a wacky. This year. like confirms for me that, especially in full PPR, I'm starting Duke and JD McKissick over Gus Edwards. Okay, what about Adrian Peterson and Carryon Johnson? Obviously, Swift would be an easy call, but uh, how about the Lions? Or, or do you, or do you go or do you say I'm going to pick up P Ryan? I'm going to pick up Frank Gore and give myself uh, an option. I think in, with those guys, I'd probably pick up P Ryan or Frank Gore and try to wait it out. I mean, it, it it's still the most likely situation is they're going to play this game Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. They don't really have anything else to do with it. Um, but I do think we're like if they have positive tests on Friday and then a positive test on Saturday, we, they're not going to have much choice. Okay, man, frustrating situation. And hopefully they can get that game in and hopefully everyone's feeling good and safe and healthy. All right, so here's what we're going to do to finish off this segment. I'm going to give you a replacement running back. You tell me how confident you are in starting him. So you're kind of, you know, not that confident. In- kind of like the start meter Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, it's like also, you know, Adam, it's not just, I don't know if you're going to these guys, but it's also what he said in regard to Gus Edwards. You also have to probably make those decisions with guys like Kalen Balaj and potentially Savan Ahmed. Yes, I, they are on this list. So, if if the game goes, your confidence level in starting Gus Edwards? Seven? Yeah. Uh, ten in non-PPR, six, six to seven in PPR. Justice Hill? One. Yeah. Mike Davis at Minnesota? Ten. Aren't you tired of him not really doing that well, though? I mean, you got um, saved. You saved your bacon with the touchdown last week. I mean, I, I think there probably would have been a few more receptions, A, if it was Teddy, and B, if the game was closer. So I'm anticipating Teddy playing, because he is, and a closer game. And 10 PPR points without a touchdown is not a bad day. It's not. It's not. Okay. Uh, so, so then there's like, I don't know what to do with the Dolphin situation. We probably should skip that for now. Uh, Savan Ahmed mispractice with a shoulder injury. Miles Gask- Miles Gaskin is is trying to get back this week. Has a chance, and then the 49ers, Mostert, Coleman, and Wilson could all play this week. So you said sit a ram sit the Rams running backs. Are we going to sit the Niners running backs, or do you think if Mostert plays, we'd start them? What do you think? I think if Mostert plays, you got to be in a really good situation to bench him because you know you've seen what he is when he's on the field. And obviously it's not the same 49ers team that he left when he got hurt. But you know, the fact that it's uh, as close to full strength as hopefully they will be, I haven't seen the status of Trent Williams, but hopefully he's going to play. And you know, they're coming off a bye. They typically have good game plans for almost everybody. It's a great run defense that they're facing, but I still think that he can cobble his way to a good enough game that he's a number two running back for most teams. Okay, and then we've got the Chargers with Kalen Balaj limited, Austin Eckler practicing. Let's say Eckler is out. I know if Eckler plays, you're going to start him, but this is a great matchup um, for both all the running backs in this game, the Chargers and the Bills, uh, struggling against the run. But yeah, like your confidence level in Balaj if Eckler's out. If there's no Eckler, I'm starting Kalen Balaj. Um, top 20 guy, not quite as confident in him as I am Mike Davis, but more confident in him than I am, I think, anybody else we've talked about. He's better in PPR than non-PPR, but he's a good start in both formats. 
Chris Carson is expected to play, so you're probably not going to have Carlos Hyde in your lineup this week. Todd Gurley missed practice. We'll keep an eye on that. Would Brian Hill be the backup to get? He'd be the lead guy, but I'm going to guess they use multiple guys just because why not? Yeah, be a him and Edo situation probably. All right, Frank Gore against Miami. You look at the last five games, Gore and Pirine combined for 18 or more carries in all five games. Uh, your confidence level in Frank Gore against Miami? Three. He's not awful. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's not great, but he's not awful. He's had two games now uh, with 10 or more PPR points so to hit Heat's number. And one of those was the Dolphins, the first time he played them. Uh, and how about Wayne Gallman at Cincinnati? Uh, he's a eight in non PPR and a seven in PPR. I am a little less confident, but a borderline start five or six. All right. Detroit running backs other than Swift. Uh, take what I said about Frank Gordon, apply it to carry on and Adrian Peterson. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can't, you can't feel any comfort starting those guys, but they're not terrible given the matchups. It is a fantastic matchup. I'd probably start carry on as a borderline number two and Peterson as a flex. Frank Gore or, or Lions running back? I'd go carry on. I would go carry on in PPR and probably Gore in non-PPR. There's just like, there is there is something mentally, I think, in my head about I feel a lot better starting carry on Johnson than I do Frank Gore. Carry on Johnson can run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the only thing that, that I, I kind of like about Frank Gore, and I'm queasy saying this, is his coach is Adam Gates, who loves him. Yeah. Oh, we love Adam Gase. It's great for fans. No, I totally get it. Totally. It's just a funny thing to say out loud. And then Duke yeah. Johnson, where do we end up on him? And by the way, of mm-hmm. course, DeAndre Swift plays. He's a must start. But uh, Duke Johnson, where do we end up on him? It's it's unfortunate that he's not ranked higher or anyone has any faith in Duke Johnson because the matchup is exceptional. But he is not. <laughs> you know, that's the problem is, you know, he's failed in these two games with this opportunity to take advantage of it. And so I think, like he said, if you have a decision to make between him and Gus Edwards, and it's funny that you say in PPR because he's not catching the ball, which is just so True. dumb um, to go with him over, over Gus, which I get, but it's, it's like maddening, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just Deshaun Watson's calling his own number uh, whenever he gets the opportunity. He's to. got, he's got three and f- he's got four zero and three catches in his three starts or three. Ga- that one wasn't a start. David Johnson left almost immediately. So I don't know. I think you're going to expect three catches. Can you? I, I, I think, I think so. you can expect him to catch more passes than Gus Edwards. I would but hope so, anyway. Maybe only two more. Maybe um, one more. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe not enough to really wait, make wait. a difference. In the two starts, how many catches does he have? Three? Uh, three games. One, two of them were starts. Take, uh, take the one where he got, not the one where he started. Not the one where he replaced. Why? He David played Johnson. basically the entire game. I, I, no, but I wanted, I just did oh, the two starts. Zero and three. Zero and three. So in their last... Three games for the Ravens. Edwards has three catches too. It's maddening. It's maddening that they don't throw the ball to Duke Johnson. Okay, and let, and that's it. That's it for that segment. Those are your replacement running backs. We're going to go through the news and notes quickly here. The saddest news, very, very sad. Uh, Dallas strength and conditioning coach Marcus Paul passed away. So sorry to hear it. Condolences there. Uh, terrible situation. Baltimore and Pittsburgh moved to Sunday, as we know, but Heath just gave you the update on more cases, more positive tests. David Montgomery has cleared the concussion protocol. He's going to play. Any concerns about DeAndre Hopkins or A.J. Brown playing this week? None as of now. Julio Jones was limited. That's good news. Adam Thielen is on the reserve COVID list right now. There was 
report that maybe he had a positive and then a negative test. So we'll monitor Adam Thielen. Uh, do you have to go with Marvin Jones over Adam Thielen today? If you have to make that I mean, call? You, you should. Yeah. Okay. Sammy Watkins practiced in full. Julian Edelman was cleared to practice. Not sure we're going to get him this week. He's off IR maybe next week for Edelman. Uh, the ja- the, I don't think you want to start the Jaguars wide receivers anyway, but DJ Chark and Chris Conley both mispracticed. LaVisca Chenalto was limited. Galladay and Amendola are out today. Last time I'm going to ask you, any interest in Marvin Hall? Uh, deep league, but you know, not much. If you were considering Justice Hill, I'd rather flex Marvin Hall than Justice yeah. Hill. Okay. John Brown mispracticed, so Cole Beasley could be an option for you. Adam, we should probably just, you know, continue the Gus Edwards scenario of if you have Steelers wide receivers or Ravens wide receivers. I don't know anybody's playing Marquise Brown over Marvin Jones, but you know, you should play Marvin Jones over the Ravens guys. And probably if you have to make a decision between C D Lamb and the Steelers guys, you should play him as him as well. Obviously, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks are in a different sure. category. Same thing with Terry McLaurin and Amar Cooper. But, you know, the Steelers guys, if you're waiting out this game in Thielen as well, you should play Jones or Lamb as the questionable options in this game. And I, and I would say the same, you know, lesser lesser scale, the Marvin Halls, the Cam Sims, the Steven Sims of the world too. Zach Ertz has a good chance to play this week. He is 73% rostered. You could still pick up Ertz in some leagues. Uh, Logan Thomas today, Dalton Schultz today, or Zach Ertz on Monday? Uh, again, you got to play those guys, and that includes Jordan Akins too. You know, so factor him in also if you pick him up. Okay. Hayden Hurst mispractice. Tua Tunga Vailoa mispractice with a thumb injury. Mike Glennon's going to. I gonna wonder s- if that's some gamesmanship yeah. on the Dolphins' part. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Gardner um, Minshew injury. Uh, I think it's probably legit for Tua, but uh, you know, hey, let's just get Fitzpatrick one more game out there. How much higher would you rank Fitzpatrick than Tua? Because you guys have Tua somewhere around like 24th, not high. But if Fitzpatrick were starting against the Jets, would he crack like the top 15 or so? Oh, number one. <laughs> well, he's, he team? averaged like in weeks two through six, I think, he averaged like 26.5 fantasy points in six he's, point per passing touchdown leagues. He's awesome. He'd be around 15. Okay. Going to finish up here. Mike Lennon starting for Jacksonville. Brandon Allen for what Cincinnati. A dumb decision that is. Sam Darnold likely to start this week for the Jets. And some oh. like the Colts are pretty beat up on the offense. Actually, it's not beat up. It's DeForest Buckner and Nico Autry are on the reserve COVID list. We'll see if they can clear it by the time they play Tennessee this weekend. Dallas's secondary is depleted. Detroit's secondary is depleted. Marshawn Lattimore practice in fulls. He should play this week. And Rams linebacker Michael Micah Kaiser unlikely to play this week. Whew. Okay, 60-second rankings disputes. Holy cow, Michael Thomas. After a very good game last week and getting basically half of the targets in that game for the Saints, he's top 15 for Dave and Jamie, but more like top 30 for Heath. So, Heath, are you really saying that we should think about sitting Michael Thomas? Go. I'm expressing my uncertainty about the result we saw from the Saints passing game last week because it was the Falcons. Um you're probably you're starting Michael Thomas, I'm sure, but I, I don't think like he's you're, you don't project anybody for more than a third of the targets, and so I do think it's pretty likely that Taysom Hill's pass attempts are going to stay below thirty. So <clears throat> you should expect somewhere in the eight to nine target range for Michael Thomas, and if he doesn't score a touchdown, then with his lack of uh, downfield plays, that could make him a questionable start if Taysom Hill's bad against the Broncos. Jamie, a rebuttal. Uh, I was listening to the broadcast 
last week for the Saints game, and they said they asked uh, Taysom Hill, is there anybody you have like a, <clears throat> a strong report from the non-obvious guys? And he goes, nope, I'm just throwing the 13. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure he was joking in that regard, but it makes a lot of sense. And you see what the results were, 12 targets, nine catches, 104 yards. And so um, I'm sure Thomas is finally healthy over all of his little ailments, and that seemed to be the case in the game against the Falcons. Um, I know, Heath, you said it's probably safe to assume under 30 pass attempts for Taysom Hill, but they gave him 33 pass attempts in his first start. I would imagine there's probably something similar to that. 23. Did he? No, yeah, 23. 23 last week. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, 18-23. He was better than I gave him credit for. I thought he was. (laughs) He was. He actually, I went back and I watched most of his throws. He he was definitely better than I thought he had played. He was he was light years better than I thought he was. I give him full credit. Yeah. It was, you know, Sean Payton saw what he saw and, and he went with this guy. And Thomas had a very uh unThomas like drop where he was wide open and the ball yep. went right through his hands. Yeah. And All so, right. So let's start, wrap it up. So you got him yeah, top. No, 15. Thomas, I mean, anybody's getting twelve tom twelve targets and his name is Michael Thomas. I'm starting. All right, you've got uh, you've got 30 seconds, Jamie. Michael Pittman, 65% rostered right now. You've got him as a number borderline number two, three wide receiver. So not great, but Heath has him out of the top 48 right now. Uh, but Michael Pittman, Jamie, make a case for him at least as a low-end starter. Yeah, he's in number three receiver. Uh, he had 15 targets prior to facing Jair Alexander last week, and he's been productive in you know his last three games. The Titans stink. So I'll go back to Michael Pittman in a game where I think that they're going to uh, still lean on Phillip Rivers a little bit as well. Uh, I think Pittman's closer to seven targets than he is to three. What's the deal, Heath? Michael Pittman outside your it's, top 48? It's mostly just the three targets last week and the lack of a proven track record over the like, There were two really good games in terms of targets, and that's not quite enough to adjust the projections. But more than that... It's that there's no buys this week. And so I've got like 25 wide receivers between projected between 11 and 13 fantasy points. And he's in that group. He's 51 in the projections. There's not much difference between him and somebody at 39. I think the most interesting fantasy game that we're going to talk about today is Arizona, New England. And Kenyon Drake is in the rankings disputes. Jamie, you have him 25th in non, 25th, I think in both actually. Uh, non-in full PPR. And Heath, you have him, Kenyon Drake, 15th in non-PPR, 19th in PPR. So Heath, I'll give you the first word. You're more optimistic about Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I just, um, there aren't very many running backs who are getting consistently 15 touches. And I was encouraged by the fact that he got five targets in their most recent game. I think he's the most likely back to score a touchdown. And this Patriots defense, according to DVOA, has gone from being the best in football last year to the worst in football this year. It's pretty weird. They give up the most yards per play or the third most yards per play in the NFL. Um, Jamie, Kenyon Drake, starter sit. I hope what he said is right, that the five targets and four catches is the Kenyon Drake we see again. I wonder how much of that played into Kyler Murray's shoulder injury and him not running as much and getting rid of the ball last week against a very good Seattle game plan, game pass rush that we saw. First time that we've seen that from them in a while. Um, the Patriots' run defense has not been as good, but lately, and take into account who they played, the Jets being one of them, but Baltimore being another in Houston, their last three games, 48 carries, 144 yards, no touchdowns to those backfields, 3.0 yards per carry. So if Drake doesn't score, it's been kind of the case all season long, he's not a great fantasy option if he's not involved in the passing game. So as last week, the start of something or is last week the fluke 
And so I think he's a, he's still a good start. He's not a great start. Uh, I I would consider several other options though ahead of him. Like I in non PPR, I'm starting Zach Moss over Kenyon Drake. Ah, interesting. And by the way, you just completely stole stat of the week, stat of the game for Arizona New England. If it's a yards per carry stat, you pretty much have to give that to me, Jamie. Yeah, three yards per carry allowed to running backs last three weeks for the Patriots. They were terrible against the run though before that. So we'll see. We'll see who shows up. Um, and then Wayne Gallman, 18th for Jamie in non-PPR, 20th in PPR. Heath's got him 27th in non-PPR, 31st in PPR. What are you thinking, man? He's going to crush the Bengals. They got the one of the worst run defenses in football, Heath. Give him some credit. Yeah, I, I saw this and I thought I need to move Wayne Gallman up. And so I'll make an adjustment to try to move Wayne Gallman up. Um, <laughs> like. I'm a little concerned about the fact that Alfred Morris gets eight to 10 touches every single game. He does. And was actually more efficient as a runner each of their past two games than Gallman was. Um, and the fact that Gallman hasn't caught more than one pass since week seven. So those are the concerns, but he should be higher than like, he shouldn't be down to 30th. I, I'll get him close to 25, but I would rather start Kenyon Drake than Wayne Gallman. See, it's interesting that you say that though, because you just said about Kenyon Drake, you like a running back that's getting consistently 15 touches, right? So yep. that's what Gallman has each of his last two games. And it's three starts that he's made in those two, three, three starts that he's made without Devontae Freeman. So the last two, he's got 15 or more touches. Uh, the work in the passing game, obviously Drake last week was great, but is that Drake moving forward? And so I'll take matchup here where I think the matchup is much better for Wayne Gallman over Kenyon Drake. I think it's probably a good uh, scenario to think he's going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 to 15 carries and one catch because that's what you pencil him in for is one catch. Uh, that's basically what Kenyon Drake was prior to last week. And so Gallman doing a good job finding the end zone, five touchdowns in his last uh, four games. And so I think it's a good opportunity for Wayne Gallman in non-PPR. PPR, you want to make the case Drake is better because what we saw last week, I get it. But non-PPR, I don't think it's close. I think Gallman's in a better spot. And what what do those last two games have in common where he had 14 and 18 carries, both wins? For the Giants, and they are, I think they're like they're six, rolling. six point favorites, which is scary. But I yeah, owe you and, they should and win. Jamie Mazowskis an apology. You guys were celebrating the Giants <laughs> winning the division, and I poo pooed you. And here they are, great chance to win the division. Don't yep. think it's going to happen, but mm -hmm. kudos to you guys for believing in your team. Who's your pick? Cowboys. NFC, uh, yeah, Cowboys have the best schedule. It's a big, right. big game today for the Cowboys. If they win this game, you know, they have a, they have a much better, they lose this game at it's trouble, but I think whoever wins this game wins the division. I don't I just don't believe it with Washington. I think they're crap and they've lost to the giants twice. So the giants have that tiebreaker and the Eagles are still in first place. So we'll give them that, but the Cowboys have the best setup. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to guess that the, the tragedy that the Cowboys have suffered this week, they may smash Washington, you know, just home game, Thanksgiving, Emotions running high. I think they they come out and they take it out in Washington on the field. All right, let's go to the start on meter, but let's, let's do this a little bit differently. I'm just going to give you the last three games that we're going to preview. Of course, we'll get more in depth later in the show if you're going to hang around for it. But if you're cutting this show short because you're cooking or whatever, um, Giants Bengals. Who are you confident in? Confident in this game, Giants Bengals. Wayne Gallman. Yeah, I don't know that I have a player who I'm confident in, but Wayne Gallman would be the guy I'm the most confident in. Um, I, yeah. I take that back. If Geo played in PPR, Geo would be the guy I was most confident in. But they're borderline number two. There's not a must-start player in this game. 
I, I, I wonder with Gio, and, and my, my, my concern with him is, you know, workload the last two games for him, you know, 13 total touches for him last week is P. Ryan and Travion Williams getting more opportunities because they're now going to see what they have in some other guys just to find out what they have next year. By the way, I think you're going to hate me for this, but I think I'm going to, you hate me anyway, but I'm going to start Sterling Shepard in PPR over CeeDee Lamb. Wow. I don't hate you for that. Although I might have to start him over Juju Smith-Schuster instead. But uh, you know that you know what I say about wide receivers who get six targets against the Bengals. I think it's 14 of the last 15 have had good games. And it's Sterling, Sterling Shepard's had six that. or more targets in every game he's played. I, I would have thought that that stat is just drilled into Heath's head because I gave him that stat and named that player yesterday with, uh, <laughs> with Sterling Shepard. And I was waiting for him to get it on that that uh, clue alone <laughs> because you say it so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think I, he may not have had that in week two. He left with an injury, but it is, it is every my, healthy game he's played. You're right. You my favorite stat. Uh, the Bengals are that bad uh, against wide receivers. Okay. Next game. Who are you confident in chargers and bills? Everyone? No. Um, confident. The two quarterbacks, uh, Stefan Diggs and Keenan Allen. And then confident, it's hard to say even Austin Eckler at this point if he's coming back from injury, but I think you're still starting him. And I do like Zach Moss. You're you're starting like you're not confident in hardly any tight ends, but you're starting Hunter Henry. Like Yeah. Oh, this is a great matchup. The Bills are one of the worst against tight ends, as long as Matt Milano's not playing, which he isn't. And when he has played, he's been hurt. So they've been horrible. So, you know. I'll give you two numbers for Hunter Henry. There's there's two you could fill in the blank. Here's the two. Seven targets, four catches. You fill in the rest, yards and touchdowns, but it's seven targets, four catches every week for Hunter Henry, and then whatever he does on top of that. It's probably about 40 yards. 35 and a touchdown. Yeah, that's probably safe. Well, it's but it's like it, there's so many tight ends in this category. Um, Eric Ebron, Noah Fant, like they're going to get seven targets and catch three to four passes. Now, if they score a touchdown, we really like them. And if they don't score a touchdown, we don't like them. What about yeah, Mike Williams, three to guys? Four for Hunter Henry. It's exactly four. It, I'm sorry. Is Mike Williams someone you're confident in? No. Not really? confident, but hopeful. Okay. Um, I think he sees Tredavious White. I think that's a problem for him. And so I think it's going to be a down game for Mike Williams. All right. Cleveland and Jacksonville. Who are you confident in here? Oh, we should go back. I would start Beasley over Mike Williams. I would too. If, yeah. if Brown is out. Yes. A thousand percent of Brown is out. Even if Brown is in, I would start Beasley and PPR over one. <laughs> okay. I mean, Beasley's been pretty, pretty bad without, with John Brown, but all right, well, Jamie, he's you, got, you're low uh, on I think uh, it's Williams. Seven or nine games with 11 or more PPR points, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. He scores some touchdowns. It's like 30 yards. It's lucky. If you like Corey Davis, you like Cole Beasley. They're the same, same uh, stats. Really? Well, well, Beasley's had these uh, okay. Beasley's had these huge like blow up games. But if Cole, Corey Davis versus Cole Beasley when John Brown plays, you think they're the same for Corey this Davis. week? For this week, if John Brown plays, I would still take Cole Beasley in this matchup. The, the Chargers are terrible. They're like ninth against wide receivers. They're terrible. <laughs> they give up thirty points every game. Yeah, that's true. All right, Cleveland and Jacksonville. Uh, the two Browns running backs, and have a good night. <laughs> James Robinson? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you got to put him in that category. All right. Browns are third best against running backs, but 
You're starting James Robinson. And I just want to tell you, this is the last game we're going to preview. So I'm going to tell you that Beckham has basically missed four straight games. He got hurt four games ago. Almost, I think it was, might have been the opening possession. Uh, Rashard Higgins has had more receiving yards than Jarvis Landry in three of those four games. Just think about that. It's so unfair to judge them. It really is. It is, but you know, but just just so you know, you can do whatever you want with that stat. Rashard Higgins yeah. has been better than Landry three or four games. All right, here we go. Arizona at New England. Stat of the game, Jamie stole it. Patriots giving up three yards per carry to running backs in their last three games, but kind of easy competition except for Baltimore. Stat of the game number two, there's only been one team that has had uh, multiple wide receivers basically have good games against the Patriots, and that was Seattle. Uh, Last week, two Houston wide receivers had 80, 85 yards. They didn't score. But it's a Christian Kirk question, basically. Because I yeah, I don't get it. Like, the Patriots DST, you just said, or defense, rather, Heath, you said they're, like, worse than DVOA. And they've had some really bad games. They've also had some really good games. They gave up 20 points to Vegas, 26 points to the Chiefs, 24 to Buffalo, 17 to Baltimore. That's really good. They're 14th in points per game, yet they're 30th in yards per play. So do we expect the Cardinals to have a big game offensively, traveling to the East Coast? And do we expect Christian Kirk to be part of that? Heath, first word. If Christian Kirk scores a touchdown, like he's almost in that tight end category. He's better on yardage. But if he gets the big play, you know, he's going to be in that six to seven target range. Um, I don't really want to start him, but I think he's a boomer bust number three flex type wide receiver. Um, They're going to put Gilmore on DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just not sure how much that matters. They have a very good second cornerback who plays opposite Stephon Gilmore that we don't talk enough about. And that's JC Jackson. He's having a great season. And I think he's going to make things very tough on Christian Kirk and Kirk. The last two weeks, the three weeks prior to that, he was awesome. But the last two weeks, he's got 12 targets, eight catches, 77 yards and no touchdowns. And so I think Kirk is kind of becoming exactly what he said, or maybe he's already was that was just a boomer bust wide receiver. And when he doesn't have a great matchup, which he thought he did last week against, at least I did thought it did last week against Seattle. It's hard to trust him. And I think this is not a good matchup for him. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I think other than Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, who might get Stephon Gilmore, but how you're not sitting him, I really feel like this entire game, Patriots-Cardinals, is nothing but tough decisions. Cam Newton, you guys have him borderline top 12. Damian Harris, he's had he's played in seven games. They've lost five of them, and in three of those five games, he's had like 11 or fewer carries. Something I have that stat. He makes that very up. nervous. Yeah, and then you know James White, you don't know what to expect. You don't know who's going to win. It's a, it's a two-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, and then, you know, Kirk is always tricky. And then the running backs we already talked about, Edmonds and Drake. We talked about Drake anyway. So, I don't know. To me, there's two guys that are obvious starts. And, and is, do you guys feel the same way? Everybody else is kind of a toss-up. Yep. 100%. So, then who's the next best start after Kyler and, uh, and Hopkins? Probably Cam. I, I think you go Harris, just based on the workload that you've seen the last three weeks for him. But, you know, again, you can say Drake is better than Harris. I'm fine with that. Yeah, like Drake and Harris, I think, are low-end number twos. Um, Cam's a low-end number one quarterback. Like, in terms of confidence level, I'm pr- I'm in the same range on all three of them. Cam Newton or Stafford? Cam. You have to play Cam with the injuries that Stafford's dealing with from his receivers. If Julio Jones plays, Cam Newton or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan. Ryan. All right, Cam Newton or Derek Carr? Carr. 
Uh, Carr. Okay. Like I said, he's uh, inside the top 12. I would start Cam. I think I, I might be on an island, but I would start Cam over Taysom. I have that decision to make, and I've gone back and forth on it, and I'm going to start Taysom, but it's they're the same guy. I mean, you know, it's just uh, you're, you're banking on the rushing production, and hopefully, you know, Cam gives that to you. Yeah, uh, mobile quarterbacks have been pretty solid against Arizona. Bridgewater, 32 and a touchdown. Russell Wilson, 84 yards. Tua, 35 yards. Allen, last 38 yards. What's that? The last four games. Yeah, Wilson, 42 yards. So it's it's like 32 or more yards to five quarterbacks. Only one touchdown, though. Uh, God, I'm surprised that you have Cam in your top 12. Like, after 20 fantasy points at Houston, where he threw like 40 passes, I don't know. I'm just surprised. The thing, the thing with Cam is that we haven't seen, which is, you know, m- maybe from a football sense makes some sense, is the passing and the rushing have not m- married each other yet. You know, you've seen yeah. some games where he's thrown the ball well lately. He has 274 yards or more in two of his last three. Um, and then the games where he doesn't throw for over 200 yards, he's running the ball well. I would like to see um, him throw the ball like he did last week and find one touchdown on the ground, which I think he can. So he, he's in that borderline starting range. And, and like you said, you know, you brought up a couple guys, Adam. Matt Ryan, if he doesn't have Julio, is a disaster. Yeah. So I'd start Cam over him there. Stafford is a disaster without his guys there. So, you know, those are two borderline starters. And then the only other one for me that I struggle with is Roethlisberger. And, you know, I don't think he's going to have a huge game against Baltimore, even if they're all beat up. So that's where I kind of come out on Kim with some mm. comparison. Kind of feel like it's not a great week for quarterbacks, even it's though there, there are no buys. Okay. So uh, let's talk about just real quick in, in full PPR. Well, how about this? Gus Edwards or Damian Harris? Gus Edwards or Damian Harris? Gus. Yeah, Gus. Okay. Um, yeah, because we'll know by Sunday for sure. Now in PPR, Kenyon Drake, Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, Jacoby Myers, Christian Kirk. Okay, five players that might might be started this week. Three like running backs. Don't put James White in there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. James White. Four running backs, two wide receivers. Like, give me your top three flexes. Um, I struggle with Damian Harris in this one because I think he could score on the ground. You know, we've seen the Cardinals give up some rushing touchdowns lately, certainly in the two games against Seattle. So I still put Harris first, but I hate it. I would go. Drake Harris Edmonds is my top three from that group. All of them in PP, in PPR ahead of Kirk and Myers and White. Yes, yes. Uh, I would put Kirk ahead of um, probably ahead of those guys in PPR, just because he's probably still going to get four or five catches. And if he does anything on top of that, it's probably a little bit safer. Okay. Yeah, I mean, most of the good wide receivers have done pretty well, I guess I'd say against New England. Um. Well, uh, it's kind of hard to say, I guess. Gilmore missed a lot of time, though, too, so keep that in mind. Right, exactly, exactly. Okay, then, uh, let's uh, let's move on to our next game. New Orleans at Denver. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill. All right, first of all, there's this stat. This is, like, my I think my favorite stat of the week. I don't really believe it, but I think it's a fun one. If you get seven targets against the Saints, you're probably going to do really well. There have only been 10 wide receivers with seven or more targets, there have only been four wide receivers with more than eight targets against the Saints. But you look at the 10 wide receivers who had seven or more targets. Nine of them have had 73 yards or a touchdown. And all 10 of them have scored at least 12 PPR fantasy points. It's not a great game, but it's a really good floor. Why do I bring this up? Well, Jerry Judy has eight targets or more in four straight games. 
Tim Patrick has seven or more in four of his last six games. K.J. Hamler had 10 targets in two of his last three games. So you have this high-volume passing offense and a bunch of targets going to these wide receivers, and that usually means success against the Saints, but the defense is getting so much better for the Saints. So are there any Broncos that you want to start in this game? No. There's none that I want to start with confidence, no. There's some that I'll end up having to start, but I like I think... What we're going to see happen most likely is there will be some fourth quarter garbage time and somebody's going to catch a touchdown pass. Maybe two guys catch a touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. Um, It's kind of hard to guess who that's going to be. But the Saints are kind of like the Patriots in that they had this stretch of the season where they were awful defensively and they've been really, really good lately. Um, But I, I think there will be some points scored late. What about Noah Fant? Heath, you have, you're you the highest on Noah Fant, and he does have the fifth most catches among tight ends, so keep that in mind. Uh, what about Fant? Yeah, I'm probably starting Noah Fant. Um, I'm not going to drop him for a streamer. I'm not gonna, there's not anybody available that I'd start over him. Uh, Noah, thank you. <laughs> what about the guys today in the Washington game? I would prefer Noah Fant. I'd take all those guys over Noah Fant, including Jordan Akins. Wow. What about um, what about Evan Ingram or Noah Fant? I would start Noah Fant. That's easy. Evan Ingram. Yeah, okay. We're pretty different on that. So if we look at... Uh, by the way, if you had to pick one Broncos wide receiver, who would it be? Patrick. Yeah, I think it'd be Patrick, but none of them are my top 40. Okay. Emmanuel Sanders, any interest in him? No. He had a touchdown called back due to a penalty last week, but it should not have even been a touchdown because it was an underthrown uh, deep shot by Taysom Hill that he should have thrown probably three or four seconds sooner. Um, that's probably not fair. Two or three seconds sooner. And uh, Sanders was open, but it was called back due to penalty. I mean, he's been five targets or less in the last three games with Michael Thomas healthy. Yeah, I think it's every game with with uh, Thomas healthy, right? Sure. Five, five, Thomas one, and five in four games with Thomas Okay, so then that that we Two already talked. Though. What's that? Two touchdowns in those four. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the. Uh, we talked about Michael Thomas, um, Alvin Kamara's top five. I know we have a little concern about his work in the passing game, but you're starting him. And then this really this whole discussion is about Taysom Hill. So let's just discuss him. Uh, Jared Cook, though, real quick. Starters at Jared Cook. No, no. Okay. Noah, thank you. <laughs> Fanta, Jamie, would you start Fanta over Cook? I would reluctantly. Okay. Yes. So Taysom Hill, he's around 12th. He's right in the Cam Newton range. Denver's actually third in the NFL in pressure rate. Thought that was interesting, but Atlanta's ninth and Hill did well against them. Denver is 16th against quarterbacks, but they allow the third fewest passing yards per attempt in, uh, in the NFL. And every quarterback who has scored 22 or more points against the Broncos has thrown 35 or more passes. That's probably not going to happen with Taysom Hill. So, Heath, give me your expectation for Hill. I'm really uncertain more than anything else. I actually bumped him up in the rankings a little bit from where I projected him. I think he was 16 in the projections. Um, I We've seen him pass, like, the beginner's test for fantasy production. Now we're going to see him as more of an intermediate test against the Broncos. I don't think the Broncos' defense is good, but they are much closer to average than the Falcons are. So he's going to have to rush for 50 yards, which I think he probably will. You're not going to get two rushing touchdowns, but you might get one. And then it's kind of like the same thing with Cam. Can he put enough passing production with that 50 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown to be a starter? Jamie, are you starting Taysom Hill over Lamar Jackson? Yes. Over 
Roethlisberger. Yes. Over Cam. Yes. Over Russell Wilson. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if Julio Jones plays, Taysom Hill or Matt Ryan? Ryan. Uh, Ryan is probably better, but you have to fear, like we saw last week, is Julio make it through the game. I mean, it's it, he's night and day without Julio on the field. It's just crazy. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's pretty much our Taysom Hill discussion. I'll tell you what. It's just like a... Let's lay out quarterback real quick here, right? Your rankings. Um, there are nine guys we really all want to start. And they are who? They are Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, and Derek Carr. And then after that, it's Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, Taysom Hill, Matt Ryan, that group. Yeah. And Roethlisberger might be in there for, yeah. Um, okay, so and then then you've got your streamers, your Daniel Jones, Philip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater group. Tannehill is going to be a little bit of a, of a debate. We're going to take a quick break here on fantasy football today. Start the Saints defense. When we come back, we will finish up with the last five games of the AFC home slate. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech... This legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. Rather than looking at multiple programs to help your child in different subjects, one subscription gets you everything with IXL Learning, and all the kids in your home work off once site from pre-k to 12th grade if your child is struggling this is the smartest investment you can make one in four students in the u.s are learning with ixl ixl is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the u.s make an impact on your child's learning get ixl now and listeners can get an exclusive 20 percent off ixl membership when you sign up today at ixl.com slash ixlav visit ixl.com slash ixlav to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price well, the third game we're going to talk about in this slate is, of course, Miami at the Jets. Okay, you're not starting Tua. What about the Dolphins running backs? Jamie, break the Dolphins running backs down for us right now. Savan Ahmed is a starter. If there's no Miles Gaskin, if there is Miles Gaskin, then it's probably something that could be frustrating because both guys, will, I'm sure, will get touches. To what degree, I'm not sure. But uh, if there's no Savan Ahmed and there is only Miles Gaskin, then he's a starter. So, you just got to play it out and see what happens, but you'd like to have one guy and only one of those guys and then see what happens coming after this game. But they're starting to use Malcolm Perry a little bit more. Um, 
it's so funny. Like they just don't like Matt Breida and clearly they didn't like Jordan Howard. So everybody not named those guys has a chance to get touches. Yeah. So if there's just one of them, if it's Ahmed or Gaskin, would you start them over Damian Harris, Kenyon Drake? Yes. Yeah. Heath? Yeah. If there's just one of them. Yeah, for sure. All right, Devontae Parker is in the 20s. He's 21, 20th for around there for Jamie and Heath, a little bit lower for Dave. Have you seen what the Jets have allowed the last four weeks? 96 yards or more to five wide receivers in their last four games. This is, is, it's staggering, these numbers. Against Buffalo, Kansas City, New England, and the Chargers. 78 catches, 972 yards, and six touchdowns on 104 targets. Yeah, but also, it's it's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, who else was it? And uh, Cam, Justin Cam. Herbert and Herbert. Yeah, Cam Newton was bad, right? The, like the Jets have have been really bad. They face some of the very very best quarterbacks. They face Josh Allen twice, Kyler Murray, Patrick Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Fitzpatrick. Okay, so Gasicki, any interest in him? Heath, Heath got him twelfth. Yeah, he's a boy. He got three straight games with forty yards. That's, That's good. Awesome yeah. Yeah, um, and the Jets' pass defense is terrible, and he's more of a wide receiver than he is a tight end. Noah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> we got to start some tight ends. Yeah, Schultz, Thomas, Aikens, all better. Okay, uh, sit Sam Darnold, and we discussed Frank Gore. He is outside the top 30. I, I mean, I really think he's going to get a ton of carries. I really think that... Ty Johnson and or Josh Adams are probably going to get 10 carries. You think so? Yeah. Gore. They can't uh, run. You can't give like it's it's elder abuse. Can't give him 20 carries against this defense. It's rude. Christian Wilkins is back. So that's big for the Dolphins. Big defensive tackle. He's back. All right. Nobody really wants to start Frank Gore. Start the Dolphins DST. The Jets wide receivers, though, are really interesting. Crowder, last two games, he has combined three catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, get Joe Flacco out of there. Yeah, it seems like Darnold's a better fit for Crowder. But also, this is what Crowder does, and I fell for it. I fell for it with Jamison Crowder, even though I knew it. I said it over and over. He's the most inconsistent roller coaster ride wide receiver. But it's the quarterbacks, though. Is it, though? Yes. Okay, so so are you right back to him? Do you think he's going to get 10 or more targets again? Because remember, earlier in the season, Mims was was out. Perryman was hurt. You know, there's that factor too. He had three straight games before this two-game disaster, plus some injuries, uh, with 10 or more targets. One of them was against Miami. He had seven catches for, I think, 48 yards in that game. This is a good secondary. Crowder's not a must-start by any stretch, um, especially with Wilkins there, you know, putting pressure up the middle. He's not just a good run-stopper. I think it's uh, he's a number three receiver. I wouldn't overvalue him in that regard in PPR as well, but he's got an opportunity to at least help you if Darnold plays, and that's the way that it's trending is that Darnold's going to play. Okay, would you start Jamison Crowder? First of all, is he your favorite Jets wide receiver? He is. Yes. Would you start him over Juju Smith-Schuster? No. No. How about Cole Beasley or Crowder? No. I would go Crowder. Jamie, what'd you say? Beasley. Beasley Crowder. He's a little higher on Crowder. He's got him 25th in, in PPR. Jamie, actually, I don't know where Jamie has him. Uh, 35, 36-ish. Okay. Uh, all right. So that's the Jets. We're not starting Perryman or Mims, I assume? No. 
No, Actually, no I, I mean, I, I would consider them as as decent, like boom bust flex options if Flacco was starting. But with Darnold starting, I'm not starting either of them. Yeah, I wouldn't start them even if Flacco plays. Dolphins DST is top three. Start them. Tennessee at Indianapolis, a rematch. We saw this game just a few weeks ago. Colts won at 34 to 17. Which quarterback do you like better in this game? Rivers. I'll take Tannehill. So Heath, last week you were you were rewarded with your faith in Ryan Tannehill, but this is another really tough matchup. I think the Colts allow the second or third fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. And last week against the Ravens, this was the first game he's had against the top ten. De- uh, defense against quarterbacks in the last two seasons that he's had a good game, I think, you know? So, you're, you know, where do you have him ranked? And is it just like a kind of start? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not a top 12 quarterback for me. I, but neither is Phillip Rivers. They're both number two quarterbacks in the teens. Um, I would start Taysom Hill over them. I would start Cam Newton over them. I would start Lamar Jackson over them. So, okay. Here's the thing for yeah, Tannehill yeah. that may work out in his favor, and it worked out last week. The Ravens were obviously not healthy, and so he took advantage of that. No Calais Campbell, no Brandon Williams. He played well without those guys there. DeForest Buckner sounds like he's not going to play, and so that's a plus for Tannehill. It's obviously a plus for Derrick Henry, but it's a plus for Tannehill as well. So I, I guess, have been probably the most anti-Tannehill with his offensive line. By the way, he just lost another lineman. Uh, the, the replacement left tackle is now out, so – factor that in as well but Tannehill is going to potentially be one of these guys that kind of lucks into facing a defense that's down a key member (laughs) and it may benefit him but you said this time and time again Adam that his road home splits um, he's now made 20 starts 10 last year 10 this year and his road home splits aren't the same as well oh it's not even close and they're also Danico Autry is also on the reserve COVID list and he I don't think he's a starter for the Colts but I don't believe so he's I'm not quite sure how much he plays, but it's depth on the defensive line. Uh, Okay, so Derrick Henry, we're starting. Any hesitation at all with A.J. Brown? This was his only bad game since he came back from the injury. Start him. Okay. What about Corey Davis? In all but one game, he's had a floor of 11 PPR fantasy points. Corey Davis, starter sit. Has he had 11 in every game? No. No, he had the Chicago game where he had zero. Right, no catches. Right. Oh. So that's seven of eight games. It's almost like he didn't play. There's no evidence that he actually played. So (laughs) three targets to somebody that kind of resembles Corey Davis. We're not sure if it was him. Uh, Yeah. And this is again, a tough matchup. Seventh fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. So Corey Davis starter sit. I mean, I would prefer to sit him, but you know, you kind of know what you're getting from him. He's, he's a, he's a better PPR than non PPR option, but you know, 11 is a safe number for him. It's probably the, the floor and the ceiling. Yeah, and like the 11's been like been only the floor the last four five games that he's played. I guess the zero the zero's the floor if you count the Bears game, but he's also got a 16, a 26 and a and a 15 in that stretch as well. So I'm starting him. He's having a very good year. Corey Davis or Christian Kirk? Uh Davis and PPR Kirk and none. I'm starting Davis. Davis or Crowder? Davis. Uh, Davis. Yeah, sure. Davis or Pittman? I'll take Pittman's upside. I'll go with Davis. Okay, and then here's your stat of the game for Tennessee Indianapolis. A running back has scored 10 or more non-PPR fantasy points, 13 or more PPR fantasy points in all but one game 
against Tennessee. The only exception was David Montgomery, and in that game, Ryan Nall actually scored uh, a touchdown, a receiving touchdown. But yeah, last time it was Naeem Hines. Titans give up a ton of production of running backs. How do we feel about Jonathan Taylor this week? Start him. I think you got to go <laughs> what back What did you to say? Him. Why are you whispering? I said start him. So softly and delicately. I think you got to go back. I mean, that's how people feel, though. You, you can't kiss. It's not like start him. It's, it's Jonathan Taylor. It's the Colts. Uh, we're, we're now in the cycle. So it's now Jordan Wilkins' turn. Right. So, you know, that's kind of the unfortunate thing is that we're going to see the carousel spin and stops on his name. Um I still think Jonathan Taylor, if you don't buy into if, if the Colts, if, you know, fantasy managers, he had his best game. If you watch the game, he looked his best. If you see the numbers, it's his, it's one of his best games. His home road splits, 13.6 PPR games at home, 9.6 PPR game, PPR points per game on the road. He's better in his own building. So take that into account too. So I think this is a game where you trust him. He's a number two running back. Um, would not be surprised if he has a blow up game, if he scores, because what he showed you last week was pretty impressive. So would you start the wide receivers not named A.J. Brown in this game over Jonathan Taylor in PPR in, in any format? It would go Brown, then Taylor for me. Uh, full PPR? Yeah, I think I'd, go t- I'd still go Taylor over Davis. Would you start Nelson Aguilar over Jonathan Taylor? No. I Why? Would not. I mean, no. you're going to start Unless... Derek Carr, or you're not going to start Nelson Aguilar? Hey, Darren Waller, I'm going to start. He can't do it all, Heath. Yeah, I don't think has has Carr had a blow up game without Aguilar. I was something? just thinking that, and that will be something I definitely look up for next week. Yeah, I'm gonna guess probably not. Maybe earlier in the season, uh, but but no, I mean I think there's probably a very strong correlation. All right, I can feel a stat of the day coming on over there. <laughs> I get uh, credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> what about Johnny Smith, guys? Starter sit. Um, better than Noah. Thank you. <laughs> Borderlines. I mean, he he ran for a touchdown last week. This team's really yeah. good against tight ends. I know they gave up a touchdown to Tunyon last week, but they're still really good in that regard. Um, Derek Carr did throw for 282 yards and three touchdowns against the Saints, and Nelson Aguilar had one catch for 19 yards. That was week two. That was that the, was week two. Yeah. That was the Waller game, right? That was the Waller game. Big time. Um, yeah, and I mean, he was 260 and two against the Patriots, and Aguilar didn't do anything. Okay. So Colts DST is 9th, 10th, 15th for Jamie Dave Heath. Uh, John U. Smith or, let's see, John U. Smith or Eric Ebron? Ebron. Yeah, I think I have Ebron higher. John U. or, let's say Zach Ertz plays, John U. or an Eagles tight end? Uh, Ertz over John U. I'm Yeah, yeah. Okay. And let's go to the Giants and the Bengals. Hey, Heath, did you know that 14 of the last 15 wide receivers with six or more targets against the Bengals have had either 84 yards or a touchdown? Except for Jarvis I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Here's the problem, though. A little concerned about this. Daniel Jones pass attempts in three wins, 19, 34, and 28. He doesn't throw a lot anyway. But, yeah, I mean, I still think Shepard gets his six targets. He's averaging like 180 yards passing a game or something, right? <laughs> right. I mean, and he's got eight touchdowns, eight passing touchdowns, something like that. He's third the, most rushing yeah. yards among quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. Um, that's the problem. Like, I, I'm pretty low on the Giants wide receivers and Evan Ingram just because, like, when you're chopping up the pie 
And the pie is like one of those little miniature pies that you buy for $1.99 at the gas station. Um, if somebody doesn't get the whole pie, then nobody gets very much. Ugh, pie sucks, by the way. But I went to go to buy a pie yesterday and I and I, they were sold out and I was so happy about it. So anyway, um, how do you feel about Slayton and Shepard, Jamie? Because he's not really a fan. Uh, they're number three receivers. Shepard's better than Slayton in PPR. I would take Slayton over Shepard in non-PPR for the touchdown potential because Shepard only has scored once this season. Um, not that Slayton's found the end zone regularly, but I think this is a game where I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants can kind of do whatever they want to offensively. So, um, you know, that's that's not something you say very much <laughs> about no. that team. But the Bengals aren't good. The Giants are coming off a bye. You know, it's uh, you got to assume that the Bengals are kind of like a little shell shocked after losing Burrow, and you know, knowing that they went from a team that had a minimal shot of winning each week to a team that probably has no shot of winning each week. And it's Thanksgiving weekend. They know the end is near. I, I you know, Giants are playing for something. I, I'll buy into that. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good setup. It's a really good matchup for the Giants. But they're basically, I, I would say, the second. I think they're the second worst offense in football. I think the Jets are the only one that's worse. But they're playing better of late. The offensive line has certainly turned the corner of the last month. Yeah. And, you know, the nice thing about Jones is you're getting the rushing numbers. I mean, he's he's got at least 64 yards on the ground in three of his last five games. And so, you know, if, right. if you're getting 30 yards rushing, which I think is probably a safe number for him with the design runs, if he scores on top of that, that's fine. He just needs to get you, you know, in the neighborhood of 200 yards passing and a touchdown um, to be around 20 fantasy points. And he's been 20 or more fantasy points in three of his last four. So, yeah, it's uh, he, he's in that, you know, Tannehill, Rivers, Stafford, Ryan group, Lamar Jackson group. So, who, yeah, well, so who's your favorite? Like, how do you rank the kind of low end, kind of, the guys who are not top 12, but are borderline top 15? You know, who's the best of that bunch? Lamar Jackson still. I still take the upside of what he can, can be. But like, I like Daniel Jones better than Stafford. I just think that there's more upside with him in his matchup than there is with Stafford without the guys that he has around him. Jones, Tannehill, Rivers. Uh, Jones, Rivers, Tannehill for me. Heath? Yeah, I have almost everybody ranked ahead of Daniel Jones. Um, Tannehill, Rivers, Jones. Wayne Gallman. We did a rankings debate earlier in the show if you want to hear about Wayne Gallman. Look, he's been really bad per I carry. I have played the sound once. Uh, he's been really... Oh, he's been really scary at yards per carry, but this is a much, much better matchup. He's faced the Eagles twice. They're great against the run. The Bucks, they're obviously great against the run. And Washington, good against the run. Why Bengals, are the Eagles good against the run? <laughs> okay, thanks for that trap, Jamie. We talked about the Giants wide receivers. Let's talk about the Bengals. We talked about the running backs earlier, but um, the wide receivers. Who's the best wide receiver in this game, Bengals and Giants? I'll, take I'll Tyler still say Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Yeah, yeah. So right. excuse me, uh, Boyd. All right, Boyd is the, is what a number like Boyd or Crowder? Boyd, Crowder for me. Boyd or Jonathan Taylor PPR. Taylor. Taylor. Not starting T Higgins. No. All right, let's wait and see there. And then I didn't ask you about Evan Ingram. Jamie likes Evan Ingram. Heath not so much. Okay, he hates the Giants. We all know that. I but, really do hate the Giants. <laughs> every fiber of my being. But the Giants DST you like. And like, I didn't used to hate the Giants. I don't know what changed I don't in the know. last couple of years. Just some gotta be some X factor. Chargers at Bills. Uh, did I give this stat? Yeah, I don't think so. Stat of the game. 
a running back has scored 11 or more non-PPR fantasy points, 13 or more PPR fantasy points in eight straight games against the Chargers. Those running backs are Mike Davis, Ronald Jones, Kamara, James Robinson, Philip Lindsay, Devontae Booker, Josh Jacobs, Savan Ahmed, and Frank Gore. You don't have to be a very good running back to do well against the Chargers. Good thing. <laughs> so let's yes. Zach Zach Moss. Yeah, Heath, like are you feeling it with Zach Moss? I um I am not, but that was a compelling case. Um they just don't seem to have any interest in establishing the run at all. And I respect that. Um, I, I like the fact the way they're playing and it's awesome for Josh Allen. It's awesome for Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley and John Brown when he plays, but like we've got one game all season where Zach Moss has more than 50 rushing yards, two games where he has more than 50 total yards. He doesn't get double digit carries. He's only done that once all season. I just, I, it's nothing against Zach Moss, although he hasn't like done anything to earn more carries either. Um, that's just not what the Bills do. I don't want to start any Bills running specs. He's scoring this week. Who would you start him over, Jamie? Can you drink? And non PPR. Would you consider starting Zach Moss over Clyde Edwards Elair? No. But I start him over Melvin Gordon. I would start him over Ronald Jones. I would start him over Leonard Fournette. The Rams guys. Um, Frank Gore? Yes. How about um, Kalen Balaj? Let's say yep. Eckler does not play. Balaj or Moss? Balaj. I actually have Frank Gore projected higher than Zach Moss, but I moved Moss ahead of Gore in the <laughs> rankings just because okay. I didn't. I don't want to start Frank Gore. If, if Eckler does play, he's a must-start, right? Uh, he's a number two running back better in PPR, obviously than non PPR. You just have to trust that, you know, they're putting him out there that they feel he's going to be Austin Eckler. But at the same time, we've seen this time and time again, there's always a little bit of a lull for a guy coming off an extensive injury with a lower leg problem. And so, you know, does he get his full workload? Does he have the same explosiveness? Does he get tired? You know, so, um, you just have to, you know, sort of judge it like who you're comparing him to. Let's do these comparisons just for fun. Justin Herbert or Josh Allen? Allen. Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs or Keenan Allen? Uh, <laughs> Keenan Allen. What like what universe just, are we just in? Just for right fun. Now? Just for fun. Uh, Keenan uh, Allen. It's maybe By maybe the way, it's the a Falcons had two non-coaching members of the organization test positive for COVID nineteen. Falcons so virtually today. Okay, and uh, Cole Beasley or Mike Williams. Uh, Williams in non-PPR, but Beasley in PPR, especially with John Brown out. I'll go with Beasley both. We're really getting away from from Mike Williams. I mean, this guy has been freaking awesome, except for that one game at Miami. He has been so good in his last four games. And, and tough defense in that game with good cornerbacks. Well, I, I look, there have only been, in, in my estimation, there have only been three good wide receivers who have struggled against the Bills. Tyreek Hill had three targets. Tyler Lockett, four for 40. Christian Kirk, four for 27. I mean, this defense hasn't really been that good this year. No, it has not. And they've they've dealt with, you know, many injuries. Um, you know, obviously the, the secondary has been in and out. You know, Josh Norman, for what it's worth, has missed a lot of time. Um, obviously, you mentioned Matt Milano, what tight ends have done against them with him in and out of the lineup. But I think this is the type of 
corner that can make things tough on Mike Williams. I view him a lot like I do Christian Kirk. Um, like he could make you feel silly for benching him. He could have like four catches for a hundred yards and two touchdowns, but like he's two of his last five games. He's got 38 and four yards, 38 yards. I don't recall that 38 one. against the dolphins and four against Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's go to, I think that's it for this game. Then uh, Hunter Henry must start guy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Okay. That's it. Cordell. Uh, Cordell. What? Why did I just say Cordell Patterson? Cleveland at Jacksonville. Cleveland, Jacksonville. Does that sound like Cordell Patterson? Yeah. Great, great call there. Um, what are you th- going to say, Cordell Patterson or Zach Moss? <laughs> yeah. What do you think about Kareem Hunt this week? Must start guy. He's, you start him just like you do all the top 10 running backs. Do you know that in five games with Nick Chubb, he on a per game basis is averaging 15.18 PPR points per game in decimal scoring. That would make him, for the season, that would make him RB14. How's that? I'm starting RB14. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Are you worried at all about the Jaguars? Kind of a tough matchup? No. No. Are you starting any wide receivers in this game? I would prefer not to. Yeah, I need to. I haven't adjusted Chark down, but I need to get him outside of my top thirty. Um, I would st- Chark would be my favorite still. Um, I think Landry is a borderline number three as well. Austin Hooper, starter sit. Uh, better than Noah, thank you, but don't want to trust him. <laughs> and James James Robinson hey, or if Kareem you want Hunt? to give credit to uh, Richard Higgins. Leading the team in targets or catches, whatever you said. Austin Hooper led them in targets last week. Cool. He had five. <laughs> They're not going to throw a lot, most likely. And you don't need to throw a lot against the Jaguars. Their pass defense is that bad. They are, they are, I think, the worst defense in football. If not, I mean, it's certainly they're right there in the discussion. James Their Robinson or, was so beat up last week. Or James Robinson or Kareem Hunt. Uh, I'll take Kareem Hunt. We are going to get a lot of Kareem Hunt questions. I always do. So we'll just finish off with with this. Kareem Hunt or Michael Thomas? I would start Hunt. Yeah, you got to start Hunt there. All right, then just start Hunt over almost everyone in the world. Um, <laughs> James James Robinson. You're, you're really uncomfortable with Kareem Hunt. I'm not going to say... I'm going to approach him as the way you guys are as a start. But if he doesn't have a good game, I'm going to tell you why I'm not shocked. Uh, on Sunday, if it happens. But I am completely going to get over my fears and just consider him a, a must-start top 15 guy for sure. I mean, who do you have on your team that you're starting over him, though? I don't have him. Oh, no, we have him in one league. Uh, I would start DeAndre Swift over him if Swift played. Oh, me too. Yeah, but I can't think of, like, three running I'm backs. I'm glad you're saying that at 9.20 a.m. Eastern uh, for a game that's going to start. <laughs> I was just thinking about the one league I have, Kareem Hunt, and who's on my bench right now. That you know, for the people that are listening to this afternoon. <laughs> no, no, he's a must start. I, he's a must start. That's I'm just a gonna, team that we share, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. This is your best call of the year, by the way. We're starting Kareem Hunt. Of course, we're starting Kareem Hunt. Everybody should. Uh, You're starting Hunt over Swift if Swift plays. We start them both. We have enough yeah. spots. Kareem, uh, James Robinson or James Robinson or Tyler Boyd PPR. James Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. 
Should we just approach Robinson I, as if he's a stud? Must start. Forget. Forget can, about can, it. No, take the if like. <clears throat> no, it's a, it's a, they give up the third fewest fantasy points to running guys. I'm like, just asking. This is a guy averaging a hundred yards per game. Let's go have Thanksgiving. He's been he's been fantastic. The one thing you got to worry about though is they're on their third string quarterback. I mean, you know, this is not a good passing attack that may not have DJ Chark as well. So I get where you're coming from, Adam. If you know if you're Cleveland, it's just put you know twelve guys in the box and say we dare you throw. Yeah. All right, let's go have Thanksgiving, everybody. Eat up. We'll talk to you on Friday. Regular show, normal hours. Might be published a little bit later than usual. Uh, And then we'll have the mailbag on Saturday. Um, We'll talk to you then. Bye. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.